Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis on what's going on in the world, trying to make some sense out of the news that's happening, and uh, also, you know, uh, have have a little bit of fun, but um, try try to try to get through all the all the BS of which there's just so much. Um, one thing that I I absolutely have to immediately open the show with is apparently I was unaware of this. Um, so obviously we, we try our best not to be on platforms where we have to like self censor for, you know, concern of being banned or anything like that. Um, but there are still things that people find offensive. So we have to be cognizant of like how our, uh, audience might react to stuff. And one of the things that people get upset about is when you call something gay, but apparently now, if I'm not mistaken, it's okay to say gay now. That's nice. Yeah, because that seems to be the reaction that we're getting from the left. They were very upset. Now, I mean, obviously, it's all a lie, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but they were very upset uh, calling a Florida bill the don't say gay bill, which I have to assume means that it's okay to say gay. So now I can sit there, and when somebody's like, hey, it's a 45-minute wait time, uh, for you to, you know, get get your seat or to get get this table at a restaurant, I could go. No, that's gay. Yeah, I I had this discussion before, and I I think that um, I like to use "gay" as a you know a prerogative. Or, um, prerogative. That's or, right or prerogative. Pejorative. That's right. I like <laughs> to use "gay" as a pejorative, are. as in that's pretty gay, or something that essentially is intentionally more annoying than it needs to be simply for <laughs> to, for the fact that it's annoying like right. man doing all like having to pay taxes that's pretty gay or man this dumb bureaucratic rule somewhere that only serves to annoy people that's pretty gay wow this mask mandate that's pretty gay right that's how i like to use it and i have a feeling that they these same shrill do nothings would probably still find it unacceptable for me to use it as a pejorative well and of course but that's what i always found was funny was because it was considered a slur mm -hmm. and then and huh yes yeah because the t the term like for the longest time it was like they they don't call them gay anymore it's like well you're queer you're lgbtq you're all of these out which queer was also a slur but you guys all get the point. Everybody remembers this. You know, anyone who grew up basically in the 90s knows that, like, you would call stuff gay just randomly, right? It basically re it, it replaced lame or what have you. But everyone remembers the big push where it was like, you can't say that. That's hate speech. Stop it. 
Yeah, I and... remember thinking that was pretty gay at the time. <laughs> so, so watching watching the left freak out and call something the "Don't Say Gay" bill and getting manufacturing a bunch of outrage um, over it is I don't know. I just I can't get over it. It's hilarious because oh, I can't believe it's the "Don't Say Gay," and I have to admit it is really funny to point out because it was like, well, we were we were told that you're not allowed to say gay anyways. I, I, I don't understand. Um, but that's obviously not the point of what everyone's talking about. And the reality of this bill is uh, hilarious because it, this is, I, I love opening the show with this um, talking about this bill because it's very instructive of how the left operates and basically like the mind virus that is liberalism in America. Well, liberalism worldwide. So the actual Florida bill um, in its entirety basically says, let, how about we not teach kids about uh, sex in kindergarten through third grade? Yeah, very reasonable. It's it's shocking that we even have to have this conversation. It's shocking that we have to have a bill for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like this is so reasonable and intuitive, and I thought was simply the standard of civilized people to not sexualize children. But I guess because we're stuck in a nation with crazy people, we now have to make laws like this to prevent them from pred being predators against on children. <laughs> so what's, what's wild about it is so the, it's called the parental rights and education bill. Let's just start there. The actual name of this bill is the parental rights and education bill. Now, obviously the left, because of, all of these things that are that are going on, um, you know, for for example, like living here in Virginia, it's extremely easy to, to see how that is a, a huge political win for Republicans in Florida, because this is a big hot button topic where Democrats do not have a good stance. Democrats have the worst stance when it comes to where parents um rights exist in education and they have an absolute losing stance and that nothing was more instructive of that than glenn youngkin's victory for governor in virginia now i don't want to upset anybody that was a huge fan of glenn youngkin but glenn youngkin didn't as much win the gubernatorial seat in virginia as much as terry mcauliffe lost that seat. Terry McAuliffe was a popular governor at his time. His lieutenant governor then took over because they only do four-year terms here in Virginia. It was almost a done deal that Terry McAuliffe was going to win. We hadn't had a Republican in, I think, since like the 90s. Um, he was still very popular. He's a regular political operator. He's a member of the Clinton machine. There's all these reasons that Terry McAuliffe was going to win the gubernatorial seat until he said one of the dumbest things on the planet, which was, no, I don't think parents should have a say in their children's education. That's what lost him the race. Yeah, bold, bold move, Terry. Yeah, I mean, 
that and, and that's like I said, I know people get upset about it, and this is part of the problem. I mean, this is a big deeper. What discussion. would they get upset about? Well, hang on, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> um, th- this is where I think people's political analysis sucks. Is people get upset at pointing out that Terry McAuliffe lost the race rather than Glenn Youngkin winning because everybody wants everybody wanted Glenn Youngkin to be the winner. Like, oh no, it wasn't just that one situation. It was his great economic policies, and it was his. You know, this, that, and the other. And look, like, look, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's all right. I'm sure I'm going to be somewhat disappointed because he's very establishment. And you all know how I feel, uh, that I don't think the, I think the Republican party can do far better. Um, but it's terrible analysis on anyone's point to look at that and think that Glenn Youngkin was so amazing. The reality is, is that education is the winning message for the GOP. Because the right. because like I was saying, the Democrats have such a terrible response, and and by the way, they can't not have that response because one of their largest donor bases is labor unions, right? And anything that gives parents more power gives gives labor unions, the teachers unions, less power, and anything that gives a union less power is bad. You guys all get this idea. Of course, point point is here, so. They named it the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which makes it a huge win already with the majority of voters. Because let's just be honest, doesn't matter people's political affiliation. I think most Americans can agree that there's something wrong in U.S. public education. Sure. So this got passed. It's gone through. Um, but because of that, the left has decided to dub it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Which right. is very weird because even even um, left wing outlets, ABC News, this is all the way back from February 24th, talking about the bill, says the bill would limit what classrooms can teach about sexual orientation and gender identity. Under this legislation, the lessons may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. The bill will also allow parents to sue schools or teachers that engage in these topics. Okay. That's it. Well, I feel like the only people that would object to that are people that want to push gender uh, gender, sexuality, they want to push a far left gender and sexuality of, um, curriculum. Like, only, the only people upset about this are people that want to corrupt children. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's the reaction to this stuff has, is so wild. Because, let, let's see here, Parental Rights and Education Bills, House Bill 1557, requires Florida district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying students' parents of specified information, requires such procedures to reinforce fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding upbringing and control of their children, prohibits school districts from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying parents about specified information or that encourage students to withhold from parents 
Such information prohibits school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting students' mental, emotional, or physical well-being. It prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels and requires school districts to notify parents of health care services, authorizes parents to bring action against the school district to obtain uh, declaratory judgment, Provides for additional award and injunctive relief, damages, reasonable attorney fees. Okay, so in reality, the majority of this bill is basically saying, hey, schools, you can't hide shit from parents. That seems very reasonable. Yeah, that, that seems incredibly reasonable, which is exactly why the left had to lie their ass off about it. That's why they had to turn this into the don't say gay bill. Yeah. That's exactly why. But how incredible is this? I mean, it's not like, obviously, it it's not surprising, right? One, one of the things is like, regularly, you will hear people on the right be accused of, um, I already lost it. Apparently, today is the day of lost words. Uh, but we're constantly accused of using just like fiery rhetoric and, and uh, hyperbole. So oh, no. it's always like. Like, oh, well, you know, the right wing just uses all this hyperbole about the uh, left being evil and being like gross pedos and all this other stuff. But then like, but are we, though? <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's the question. Clearly. Well, and that's it's that's that is a disingenuous thing. That, that's just like everything else to do. That is a disingenuous attack designed to create a moral framework that they can then abuse. Right. That's it. Because they do have ill intent. Like, the reason they want to teach CRT is to make white children ashamed of themselves. The reason they want to do all of these things is because they have bad intent. And they know it, and that's why they try to disguise it in every way they can. That's why they're getting upset if you, you know, that's why they get upset when it's like, the don't say, they call it the don't say gay bill. Which you think, oh, that's disingenuous. But these people thrive on being disingenuous because that's the point. Yeah. Like they know what they're doing is is unpopular. They know what they're doing is essentially an act of aggression on other people. Because, but that, but think about it. their entire uh, conception is that we have to fu- is is a in as a constant revolution. That's the ideology. It's constant revolution. They are constantly rebelling against what they perceive as the dominant evil culture, and they have to you know, always be trying to fight against oppression. Well, they're the ones that say, you know, Western civilization's oppression. white super, It's white supremacy. Reading to your kids is oppression. None of this should be is should be at all surprising. Right. Well, now, and, and I guess this is like kind of the overall. Is, it, so this is this is the the false. Um, this is the Hollywood movie that uh, the left creates for trying to justify this type of legislation. And in this Hollywood movie, there's some kid who, you know, is is gay and they go home to their um, obviously dumb Trump supporting Christian parents who force them to read the Bible instead of reading their science book. Um, and. Yeah. The kid has to hide being gay, and it's, I mean, it's literally just like the Diary of Anne Frank, except it's a gay kid. 
Um, you know, and they have to hide their uh, Cosmopolitan magazine uh, underneath their bed. And then mom yeah. finds it and dad sends them to conversion therapy camp. Where, yeah. where Mike Pence tases him while shouting uh, Bible verses. Yeah, pretty that, much. And, and that that's exactly it. He's like, well, this is and, why. And the mean old preacher doesn't want the kids to dance. <laughs> Again, everything right. the left believes comes from just Hollywood movies. It's <laughs> nonsense. The mean old It's always nonsense. <laughs> it's always been nonsense. And it forever will be nonsense because it's all fake. Right. It's all fake. And put into their brains by people that have bad intent, not only for us, but for them as well. Well, you know, and it's it's funny because, like, I got some flack um, a while, I say a while back, a couple months ago uh, from somebody that's on the right. But I don't know. It was a weird discussion where I basically brought up how a lot of this just really feels like grooming. Yeah. And I'm not really sure why. Uh, that seemed to have upset some people, but now that it is at least, I will say at least it's now being popularized, but like, let me give everyone an example. Let me give the audience an example. And you guys tell me whether or not, um, this is okay. Uh, because this is, this is how people need to view stuff when it comes to education, because, and I'll, I'll get a little bit into the, um, the mind virus that's been injected into regular everyday people when it comes to public education. But if you were walking down the street Right. And you have you have a kid that is uh, between kindergarten and third grade, which I think is, oh, man, what what age is that? Is it like eight up to eight years old? Sure. Um, so, you know, walking down the road, seven year old kid and there's some random person that's talking to your kid and they're talking to them about sexuality. Yeah, that'd be gender. real weird. Yeah, right, right. Like that. That'd be really That'd be really awkward, right? Like some yeah. some random person is sitting there and is like, well, now you understand is sometimes you might have feelings for other girls or or maybe you have feelings for girls and boys. Um, the natural reaction to that would be, uh, get away from my kid, you creep. What are you doing? And you, 100% of parents would call the police. As they should, yeah. Okay, so... Why is it different when that stranger has a bachelor's degree? Uh, I would argue that it is not. But you see what I'm pointing out here? Sure. The, the situation's not different. It's, it's in fact, actually, it's worse. You see, what makes different cases where you talk about, uh, for example, grooming or child molestation... What makes some of those cases more egregious than others? Obviously, they all are. But societally, what makes them more egregious than others is when it's situations like, for example, the Catholic Church, a priest, a person who's in a trusted position, a position that was inherently given more trust than random stranger guy. Or when you talk, when people talk about, say, the Boy Scouts, same idea. You had adults that were in a trusted position. But what's amazing is part of the reason why I'm bringing up these two organizations, being the Catholic Church, being the Boy Scouts, obviously Christian organizations, these were big newsworthy items. But go to news organizations that aren't liberal and 
look up all of the news stories about teachers that are doing gross things with kids. And it is shocking how many cases of molestation, of um, statutory rape, or other creepy, gross, weird stuff is actually occurring in public schools every single year. But for whatever reason, we don't lump those together like we did the Catholic Church or the Boy Scouts. Right. Although it's the same. I don't understand how it's not the same thing. But there's a reason why they don't do it, because the, st- the statistics would likely be staggering. I'm sure. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's it's very, very, very weird to see how many, how many of the, I, I guess we'll say this, like, remember, that, that was a big part of, like, the, um, everybody got upset over, like, QAnon and the big joke that happened because uh, when Trump was being interviewed and it was like, you know, they believe that the uh, Democrat Party, like, drinks the blood of innocent people and, you know, are, or wants to, like, has child sex slaves and, like, a pedophile ring. And his response was, well, that would be bad if it were true, so why is everyone upset? <laughs> like, um, it's, funny. it's funny because how many of those people are like, hey, you know, uh, the Democrat Party basically is a bunch of pedophiles. And all these people, oh my god, QAnon, psychotic conspiracies. And then now you have the entire Democrat Party in Hollywood and uh, specifically Disney, because they're located in Florida, screaming at the sky because you can't teach kindergartners about sex. Yeah. Like, dude. Which is wild. Like, okay, are we actually seeing a right-wing op? Is that what's happening? Did we, were we able to trick them <laughs> into proving conspiracies correct? we didn't the point is is that it's not a conspiracy there is something they actually want to do these things they actually are this gross with children now i will admit part part of the reason now okay i I don't know about the higher up level of the democrat party but i will say 100 percent. part of the reason why a lot of leftists get excited over these kinds of things is they envision it of remember that movie scenario that we just gave you of the like super religious family, they love the idea of that kid being gay and the mom and dad having to sit there weeping in their bedroom because their kid's basically going to be a liberal. Like that, that's like, that's basically porn. That's how they think. Yeah. That's that's, be- like if we turn these kids, get, it's a lot like abortion. If women get abortions, they'll vote Democrat their entire life. If we make someone gay, gays will vote Democrat their entire Right. And and now I, I think it's 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 less about recruitment and it's more about getting back at the people they hate. I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah, because remember it's a, it's a huge part of it. Remember there was there was really some really creepy stuff where a bunch of journalists were basically following Ted Cruz's daughter's TikTok. And talking about her, like, potentially being bisexual. And they were, like, orgasmic over this. And she's, like, 14 or 15. And so there's a bunch of adult men. 
that are journalists that are watching like a 14, 15 year old TikTok, basically hoping that she's gay, like hoping and praying that Ted Cruz's daughter is a lesbian or bisexual because to them, that's just the it's the greatest victory. Like they hope that Ted Cruz cries every night because of his gay daughter. Yeah, I would not put past these people. Like basically, on everything I've seen over the past six years, this is it's absolutely on point for what they would do. They would do what they would believe. Absolutely. Yeah, it's super. Like wild. They, they are this vengeful and gross. Now, additionally trying to think if there was anything else from that uh, i don't unfortunately i wasn't able to grab the uh well one of the things that i i i like but i hate at the same time was like ron DeSantis has been pushing yeah. back extremely well on on a lot of uh a lot of the bs that's going on primarily the fact that the media took to referring to this entirely as the don't say gay bill um right and so which was nice to see but sort of like less effective in some aspects. Like I like punching back at the media. Don't get me wrong. But what really like the, the bigger point that needed to be, that needs to be made every single time here is how much of what the media is saying is a lie. And this is, it's a tactic because that's the hard part, right? Is the tactic here is that, they are going to lie like crazy. They obviously have control over the media and, and marketing and all this other stuff, right? So there's a bunch of Americans that right now are like, oh, that's so, like, they didn't read any of it, right? They just saw hashtags or whatever. And they're like, oh, it's super weird that, like, Florida passed a law that said you can't say gay. I don't know. It's, that's strange. Um, yeah. And then what's going to end up occurring is in the future, you're going to have to sit there and hear people say lies like that. And the idea is that socially, a bunch of people really aren't going to know. They're going to plead on the ignorance of most people. Mm-hmm. Not not actually, like, doing any sort of research, not looking it up. And the entire, like, imagine the conversation occurring at, like, a barbecue or something where somebody's like, I can't support Ron DeSantis. He did this and this and this and this and this. And then you have to sit there and go, okay, first of all, the first point you made, that was a lie because blah. And then the second point you made was also a lie because of blah. And that's the whole point. That is the entire point of doing all of this is it forces you on your back foot. So as much as we can see some of the, some of the actual really good um, operations that I've seen lately, where you just had people say, uh, point out where it says the word gay anywhere in the bill. We don't. Right. But it's a, it is the cravenness with which they lied about all of this should be, it is a point that everyone needs to focus on because it now shows that the media we've known this for a little bit, but this is a hundred percent just like this is further proof, but even more involved proof of the idea that the media no longer cares about ever being held accountable. And that's a very different situation. The media is no longer afraid of ever being held accountable. They just don't care about that anymore. So you're no longer going to see the parsing of words and the kind of half measures where they have like that way out 
where they're like, well, technically we didn't say this lie. Well, we said it this certain way. They're not even trying to do that anymore. They're now at the point where they just know that they can lie in, like entirely, 100%. They can just lie about stuff. And in reality, I would just look at it as the media going like, yeah, we're going to lie. And what are you going to do about it? Increasingly, that seems to be their plan. Yeah. Now, it's interesting to bring that up because let's just look at what things that we can see with our own eyes that the media is lying about now and is going to continue to lie about. Here's a comparison of Joe Biden all through 2020, Vice Jen Psaki this week uh, in front of the White House press corps. Uh, here's that clip. No more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. So the suggestion that we are not la allowing companies to drill is inaccurate. The suggestion that that is what is hindering or preventing gas prices to come down is inaccurate. Would President Biden rescind his executive order that halts new oil and natural gas leases on public lands? Well, 90% of them happen on private lands, as I'm sure you know, and there are 9,000 unused approved drilling permits. So I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those if there's a desire to drill more. Would President Biden ever undo his executive order that stopped the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline? Are you suggesting that would solve the gas prices issue? Well, do you think that that would maybe affect prices faster than getting the whole country off of fossil fuels? I actually don't think it would. Yeah. So hmm. it, it, what's amazing to me is so, okay. Jen Psaki is actually one of the greatest liabilities to the Biden administration. See when the consultants got together and told the Biden administration that Jen Psaki would be a great pick, it was because they thought suburban women would be titillated over the idea of this girl boss that was going to walk out in her pumps and she was going to just put it down there and everyone would just love Jen Psaki because she's just so she's just a little firecracker. But in Ugh. reality, um, she comes off as a smug bitch. She certainly does. Like. Where has it become appropriate? Let's just be like, so, so the question was very simple. Would President Biden rescind his executive order that bans drilling on public lands. Well, there's a lot of uh, private lands. And so how come they're not drilling there? It's like, okay, like, shut up. <laughs> you're a press secretary. You're answering. So the, the point I want to make here is understand how combative this is. So this is the press secretary. Obviously the person's like, it's not an insult when people suggest that Jen Psaki is the propagandist of, Joe Biden, because that is literally the point of her job. Like, sure, I get it. But honestly, it's kind of dumb because it's like, yes, they are. But that is the point of the job. But the point is, is like, look at how combative that is. Just answer the question. Say no and say why. Instead, it's are you saying that that's what are I mean, there's all of this private land. How come they're not drilling there? And it's like, why are you asking a reporter a question? 
Why don't you yeah. answer the question? Why do you care what Peter Ducey, who was asking those questions, why do you care what Peter Ducey thinks? He's asking your opinion. He's asking for the opinion of the leader of the United States of America. And your response is, well, what do you think? And they blamed, they always blame Republicans for being garbage to the media. And, oh, they're such a threat to the media. When Jen Psaki can't answer a very simple question of, would Joe Biden rescind his executive order? Then goes on to blame the oil companies for gas prices. And then when finally yeah. asked, would he rescind his uh, executive order that blocks the Keystone XL pipeline? And the response is, do you really think that that would solve gas prices? I, I, yes. <laughs> and now to Peter Ducey's, um credit, he said, well, it would probably have a, an effect a lot faster than trying to get rid of fossil fuels entirely. And her response is, mm, I don't think it would. Well, like, I don't care what you think, but no that is the reality of the situation. But just understand that th this is the reaction. This is the reaction of what what you just heard was the official because once again you know it's the press secretary but that's the official reaction of the white house to your concerns your yeah. concerns over gas prices your concerns over trying to afford paying for gas prices yeah it's well, and more so than that, the answer is almost always, ah, just let them drive Teslas. Oh yeah. Like I'm concerned about gas prices. Well, you should probably buy an electric car then. Hmm? Yeah. Let, let's it's um... your fault. You're the bad guy here because you're not buying an electric car. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't... I'm, I'm sorry. That's not an answer. Like, well, and that, and... that is so much not an answer. It is obviously simply a clear deflection so that they don't have to answer so that they don't have to rescind that they don't have to admit that their climate policies need to be moderated for pragmatic concerns. Well, here's here's the uh, energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, who, by the way, was the former governor of Michigan. And we all see how Michigan's doing. Um but this is uh, th this is her reaction to similar questions. Here's Jennifer Granholm. Obviously, we have the acute issues with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack. But looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speed up the efforts at DOE to move in more of a renewable direction since this is going to have an impact on people at the pump? Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100 percent clean electricity by 2035 and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. And, um, you know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Uh obviously, we have the acute issues. So this was from a while back. But just understand, this has been the standard. That's Jennifer Granholm when they were talking about the supply chain issues that were caused by the ransomware attack against Colonial Pipeline. And her response was, well, obviously, if you drive an electric car, <laughs> this wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That is not the answer you give to your population. It's also not the answer you give to people who can't afford a fifty dollars to $90,000 electric car. Also, right. there's no such thing as a fully electric 
train, a fully electric boat, a fully electric diesel engine that can, or well, not diesel engine, but a truck engine that can carry right. and haul all right. of your goods uh, to market. Electric vehicles only serve basically what is it? What would be private level things? The only things electric things for an electric engine. Any kind. Oh, sorry, Alan, you're breaking up a lot. Not sure what's uh, going on on your end, but it uh, it kind of sounds like you're being attacked by aliens. What's that? Yeah, your uh, your connection's uh, kind of going out, but I'm not really sure what's going on with it. Uh, I assume it's it. the Russians. I've had. Yeah, it's probably Russians. They've been plugging me with internet connectivity issues the last couple days. So, oh, yeah. Uh, in the tech hub of Seattle, because that Who's makes sense. Done? <laughs> so, um, but there was obviously um, another <laughs> another reaction. Oh, that's the uh, okay. So sorry about all the weird noise that you guys might hear. It's just uh, it's just us trying to get Alan back. Um, but there was another reaction that we had to deal with, which was uh, from St- Stephen Colbert. Um, and Stephen Colbert had uh, basically the most liberal of liberalist uh, reactions ever. And honestly, I don't think that he's I, I, I don't think he's an exception to the rule. I think that this is, in all honesty, the entire left. Uh, here was uh, Stephen Colbert earlier this week. Oil prices have skyrocketed today. The average gas price in America hit an all time record high of over four dollars per gallon. OK, that stings. But a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to pay. I don't know what he means by a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm not sure what he means. Like, oh, because first of all, we we don't actually get that much oil from Russia. It's something like 3%. So this whole oh, clean conscience, it's worth a buck or two. As a, so, and, and, and so that's a statement of, Russia, right? Because that was supposed to be the big thing. Gas prices are high because of Russia, which, by the way, makes no sense. Like I said, it's only 3% of our gas comes from Russia. But it also comes from Saudi Arabia. So they're not talking about that. Like, is that a clean right. conscience? Is is it suddenly a clean conscience for Saudi Arabia? Are they the clean conscience? Are they the new popular people, even though, even though the left also accuses them of chopping journalists up and things like that? Um. But let's go. Let's well, it go. It doesn't on. make any sense at all. No, no, no. It's, it's like it's the a mo- clean conscience. A clean conscience for what? Like, yeah, it, it's the moralizing it garbage. Any, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but let's let's go on with uh, let's go on with the audio here. Uh, here's what else he had to say. It's important. Right. It's important. I'm willing to pay four dollars a gallon. Hell, I'll pay fifteen dollars a gallon. Because I drive a Tesla. <laughs> Oil price. I'll pay fifteen dollars a gallon. A gallon. Because I drive a Tesla. I I don't know who needs to hear this, but that is literally the entire donor class of the Democrat Party. So we know Democrats don't care about everyday voters. Um, they only care about their donors and the people who give them money. Well, they're unaffected by this. So yeah. guess what? The Democrat Party, Joe Biden, aren't going to do anything 
to save you from these high gas prices. In fact, you, as as you saw from some of the quotes and stuff we played, they're gleeful over this. You see, this is part of that great reset. Yeah. They, the, you know, yeah, all... the, yeah, this is in fact part of the great. I'm assuming Alan was going to say that this is part of the whole great reset. Um, and yeah, because the whole idea here is if they destroy any sort of dependency, oh, you're back. Maybe. Oh, what a day, what a day. Um, so we'll just keep working until we get Alan back. Um, but like what we were saying here is the idea here is that if, if they basically destroy, uh, the ability for you to use, uh, fossil fuels, then they're going to, they're basically the idea of this is that they're just going to force everybody, um, onto electric vehicles. Either, either you use an electric vehicle or you have to use mass transportation or something of that, um, something of that nature. And so, uh, that's basically the end of it. Um, hopefully, maybe, uh, Alan, can you hear me again? So yeah, I can hear you. Great. Awesome. Good. And you're finally coming through. Can you so hear hopefully, me? hopefully it stays that way. Good. So Good. go on with so. your, your great reset stuff. No, this is exactly the point of the great reset. Remember that green new deal. This is the same thing there. The entire point of all of this is to make things more difficult and more expensive for everyday Americans. The inconvenience and the inconvenience and assault on your pocketbook is the point of measures like this. This is exactly what they want. They want gas to be prohibitively expensive. They want all of these things to happen. This has been something they've talked about for a long, long time, and they finally have an excuse to make that a reality. They can say, oh, it's, oh, it's Vladimir Putin. It's like, no, no, this is you. This is the, the end goal that these same people in the World Economic Forum, the Democrat Party, all this, the Green New Deal supporters, this is what they have wanted and sought for a long time. And so they're finally able to enact it on all of us with a deniable reason of, oh, it's Vladimir Putin. They want gas to be expensive because they do not like the ability, freedom and flexibility that gasoline and cheap energy gives the average person. They want everybody on electric cars. They want everybody on mass transit. Okay, once again, man, it is awesome. So sorry, guys, uh, about all of the delays and stuff, but... We can only handle so much with what's going on with the uh, internet in Seattle. But what I will say is, to Alan's point, wanting everybody on electric cars, there is a good reason why uh, authoritarians like what you see in the Biden administration would want a situation where um, everybody's dependent on an electric car and nothing speaks to that more than a request that went out to Elon Musk this week where people were uh, asking Elon Musk to remotely shut down any Tesla vehicle in Russia and make them undrivable. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is absolutely a capability that exists uh, within electric vehicles. 
Now, a lot of that has to do with the idea that uh, electric vehicle manufacturers have a lot of software that's obviously involved in their vehicles, not just in the idea of handling the power exchange for the batteries and things like that. Um, but additionally, a lot of the extra features that people have, the self-driving mode and, and all, all, of those, uh, all of those other um, additions that come into it means that they have to push software updates. And the way that they do that is the car connects to uh, the mobile network and it uses the mobile network to then uh, update its own software. And there were issues uh, months ago where Tesla vehicles, had there was a big software update that got pushed to Tesla vehicles. And what people didn't know is that their car couldn't drive while it was receiving its update. So, you know, it, it was a little bit of an embarrassing moment for Tesla at the time, but it was one of those like, oh God, I can't, I can't drive. You know, I can't drive because my car's updating. But to that point, uh, it put everybody, it, it, it made it very obvious that there is the capability, whether or not they're going to use it is really the question, but there was, the, there is the capability uh, for vehicle manufacturers that have electric vehicles. There is the capability for them to remotely shut them down. And people were asking for this to occur against Russian drivers, just everyday Russian drivers, by the way. Um, you know, and that, that entire logic there is, man, we just really, really, really want to punish the Russian people uh, because we hope that they rise up against Putin and have a coup. Even though coups are undemocratic, as we're told, um, they're okay if it's against Putin. Uh, it's it's okay to have a coup uh, and it's okay to overthrow your government as long as the West tells you uh, to do so. Um, because, you know... As the West says, the uh, Russian elections are all fixed or what have you. Uh, which brings me to another interesting story that also occurred this week. And that is, uh, so Jen Psaki, when she wasn't being smarmy and uh, basically laughing off the idea that your groceries and your fuel and uh, all of those things are more expensive while your pay um, doesn't go anywhere near as far as it used to due to the massive amounts of inflation because of Joe Biden's policies. Um, they, she did the one thing to prove everybody right that everything that's going on in Ukraine is nothing more than large-scale propaganda. <clears throat> and she did this by inviting a bunch of TikTok influencers to the White House for a summit on Ukraine. Nothing says that you're a propaganda outfit than getting a bunch of celebrities together to tell them what they should be saying about something. Like, shouldn't that just be, like, shouldn't that be strange for everybody? Shouldn't everyone be at least a little bit concerned over the idea that the White House's press secretary is having a bunch of celebrities over to give them talking points about Ukraine? Like, as I'm presented all of the arguments about Ukraine and why we're supporting Ukraine, it seems like a pretty easy thing to say, well, Russia rolled into Ukraine. Ukraine's a sovereign country. And now Russia's basically bullying Ukraine into not joining NATO. It seems like a pretty easy subject um, to get people on board with. And you don't really need a lot of coaching. But for one reason or another, we have the entirety of TikTok now being trained by the White House press secretary on the proper way to discuss this. That may, that, that 
is the thing that makes me think that something fishy is up. That is, those are the kinds of actions that make me wonder what's really going on. And so with that being said, part of that entire discussion, according to sources that were in the room during this uh, TikTok propaganda fest, is Jen Psaki said that Russia hacked the 2016 election. So we're back to that now. We're back to Jen, we're back to the Democrats saying that the 2016 election was hacked by Russia. And by the way, if you want, let's, let's go all the way back years and years and years ago when we first started this program, one of the takes that we had when the WikiLeaks releases came out and they were talking about everything that was in the emails when it had to do with Hillary Clinton and everything else, the original statement that we had on this program all those years ago was that nobody in the Democrat party and nobody in the Hillary Clinton campaign was denying what was being said in those emails. They were merely outraged that those emails were released. So now understand that for a second, because there's never been any proof of Russia hacking the election. And it's been obviously thoroughly investigated. They had an entire special counsel investigated Robert Mueller. Remember the walls were closing in. They were closing in every day for years and years and years. The walls, they were just so going to close in Adam Schiff promised us uh, that he had evidence of Russia hacking the election and had never presented it. So there's zero proof amid thousands of hours, millions of dollars of investigation that Russia ever hacked the election. But what we do know, oh, it looks like Alan might be back. Hang on real quick. Alan, your internet's back. Yay! I guess the pelican that was sitting on the satellite relay finally flew off, or the octopus that was caressing the undersea cable finally <laughs> swam away after a crab or something. I don't cool. know caressing the undersea cables all right so uh, i was just i was just telling everybody about uh the tiktok influencers uh sitting oh. at the white house getting their talking points and how jen yes. Psaki has now turned around and said um that russia in fact hacked the election and, and the reason why i'm bringing this back up uh just to, to bring you up to speed on it is is just so that's been wi- widely investigated Absolutely widely investigated. They spent millions of dollars investigating Russia hacking the election and never found any proof of it. The only thing that ever actually happened and the point that I was getting to right before you you jumped on was the only thing that ever (laughs) actually happened was that someone at the, the Democrats say it was it was the Russians, but the Democrats say everything was the Russians, but someone leaked emails to WikiLeaks revealing a lot of corruption in the Clinton machine, the Democrat Party, the Clinton Global Foundation, showing that they were being uh, paid for by a bunch of foreigners, showing that they were selling favors and political favors, all of this. Somebody leaked all that information to WikiLeaks. And that is honestly the predicate 
for all of this rage. If you want to know why the Democrats are so excited over the idea of starting World War III with Russia right now, it's because they think that it was Russia who leaked their dirty laundry. None of it was untrue. They've never denied the veracity of what was there. They merely are upset that the American people got to see just how shitty the Democrat Party is. And that is why they're starting this war. That is why for years they have been demonizing Russia. Not because of anything Vladimir Putin does. It's been the same Vladimir Putin since 2000. I need everyone to realize that. This man has been the centerpiece of Russian politics for 22 years. The Democrats only cared after they thought that he was responsible for Americans learning the truth. Great. So thoughts on that. Go ahead. <laughs> I. It's so also very, very ridiculous, isn't it? Just. But we're back. I... We're back to Russia hacked the 2016 election. Yeah. Like they're seriously retreading that. Now I have my reasons why I like I. I think I know why this is becoming a talking point again. Why? I think that they are reinvigorating. And so, all right, let me, let me back it up real quick. I'm not necessarily making connections to certain things, but you're more than welcome to assume that all of this might be interconnected. Meaning the reason why Joe Biden had been so weak uh, in the lead-up to what's going on in Ukraine. You can make whatever assumptions you want. Perhaps this is part of the reason why Joe Biden was so weak. And let me explain what that re- what that is. Russia's the big bad boogeyman again, but now they have things that they can point at because there's currently an armed conflict going on. We've known for months now that the Democrats are likely going to lose their ass in the upcoming midterm elections. They are probably going to get beaten in a historic way that have has not been seen. And part of that is that that's just basic analysis on obvious voting trends, right? It's normal. Uh, it would be normal for the party in power to lose um, that's fairly normal. I think it's going to be more resounding because we were seeing, uh, a, we saw from the last elections that we kind of sat through, like a, what I talked about earlier in the program with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, the, the Democrats have not changed those unpopular messages that were losing them all of those elections, um, in the last round of, of voting and primaries. And so it's very likely that because of the smarmy attitudes, the terrible handling of the economy, um, just the, the basic awful tactics being used by the Democrat Party, there are going to be historic losses in the midterm elections this November. Except oh. now you're going to have people like Jen Psaki who are going to bring up Russia hacking the election in 2016 we're currently in an or there's a currently an armed conflict going on with Russia. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, that if the Democrats get put over 
someone's knee and spanked on the national stage, which I think at this time right now is extremely likely, that election is going... You are going to see Democrats out in the streets screaming for recounts. You're going to see Democrats surrounding the Capitol demanding that elections not be certified, surrounding state capitals demanding elections not be certified. You're going to see Democrats in the streets of Washington, D.C. demanding that the new Congress not be seated. You are going to see, not January 6th, you're going to see BLM-level protesting and rioting. Absolute claims from the Democrat Party and from the mainstream media that the election was hacked by the Russians and that we can't certify it. You are going to see all of those things occur and they're all going to pretend like January 6th never happened. They're, or, or they're going to pretend like it's completely different. Yeah. I think that that's why Jen Psaki is bringing up the, uh, the election was hacked. That is going to be their rationale when Democrats lose their ass in November. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be Putin. Uh, and Putin's so bad. He's literally Hitler. He's invading the Ukraine for literally no reason at all. And he's just the worst guy in the world. And now he's hacking the election to make sure these good Democrats lose. It's uh, for, absolutely they're going to do that because they know their position's untenable. They've sided with the World Economic Forum, the UN, and all these, like, basically evil, the evil New World Order cabal to push things like these Green New Deals to, to slash energy production with the goal of making everybody slaves to some techno future where nobody has any rights or freedoms. And it's going to come back and bite them. And then they're going to simply deflect and say, oh, well, we're actually the victims here. It, it couldn't be us or our disastrous policies designed specifically to hurt the people of the United States. It's, uh, it's Russian disinformation. I mean, the question is, are people going to believe that? And is it going to have an impact? And that's a very difficult thing to to, ana- to analyze. Well, and, and I, I do have to correct uh, something you said. You said that Putin is literally Hitler. And the new line is, is actually Putin is now worse than Hitler. Oh, no. In an amazing <laughs> in an amazing turn of events, the left has basically spent the last week on social media uh, trying to explain how Putin's actually worse than Hitler. So some of the explanations that we've had uh, to include from like MSNBC's Joy Reid uh, were things like, well, Hitler didn't kill his own people. Well, that's an interesting claim because I guess according to Hitler, he didn't. Yes, according to Hitler... He didn't kill any German because Jews weren't real Germans, which was the entire point. <laughs> so I guess, a, and who, who said this quote? Um, I, I don't, I think it was a guest that was on MSNBC with Joy Reid, um, but it was on her program. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, I mean, I guess... <laughs> According to Joy to Joy Reid's guest, Hitler did nothing wrong. Wow, what a what a fascinating turn of events. Additionally, um, I've seen threads that point out that well, you see, Putin's worse than Hitler because Hitler didn't use chemical weapons. I 
I don't believe Putin's used chemical weapons, but okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get well, to that in a second. Um, yeah, yeah, because there there's 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 more there's there's more conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. Actually, no. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna dive right into it, and so um, let's let's pull up. This is an article from the Mirror UK, and this might sound a little weird to all of you, uh, because it, most of you, or a lot of you, actually, some of you that I absolutely know, like uh, audience members on this program, may have shared. Uh, I saw some of yeah. you share a couple weeks ago information about biological weapons labs in Ukraine. And then you watched it probably get taken down, and some of you even faced a ban hammer for sharing Russian disinformation. And so you might be shocked that I'm about to read this story to you. Uh, this comes from the Mirror UK. Vladimir Putin could unleash biological weapon from seized Ukraine lab, experts fear. Russian leader Vladimir Putin could unleash a deadly biological weapon on Ukraine and blame the United States, the former head of, oh, of no. the British Army's Chemical Weapons Unit has warned. It comes as scientists in Ukraine have been told to destroy all high-threat lab diseases. Colonel Hamish de oh. Breton Gordon, former chief of, Brit of the British Army's Chemical Weapons Unit, said Russian troops could storm a lab and use it as a base to unleash a bioweapon. He warned Putin's indiscriminate bombing campaign could also hit a lab. Uh, the World Health Organization has said most deadly pathogens in Ukraine's labs should be wiped out amid fears of potential spills caused by Putin's relentless bombing. Russian forces have already seized control of Chernobyl and this other place... <laughs> Zaporizhia? Yeah. Zaporizhia? I don't know. Two of the largest nuclear power plants in Ukraine. It is thought there are more than 4,000 labs in Ukraine. And although they do not have a level four lab, that would be one that could hold coronaviruses, you know, like in Wuhan, which handles the world's most dangerous pathogens, two do have clearance to work with high level pathogens. The level three lab works. Oh, <laughs> I, I remain corrected. Sorry. The level three lab works with coronaviruses, tuberculosis, yellow fever, SARS, West Nile, and some strains of influenza. One of the two labs is in Odessa uh, and the other is in Kiev. Colonel Breton Gordon said Putin could unleash a bioweapon more lethal than COVID. Oh, huh. fuck. They're going to do it, aren't they? Well, we're all going <laughs> to we're all going to get locked down again and it's going to be for like the Putin virus. Yeah. But do you remember? So, we have this British army colonel essentially admitting, "Yeah, there's bioweapons in those Ukraine labs." I was told Okay, over the last week, what have we heard from the mainstream media and the Biden administration? We have heard, first, there's no U.S. bioweapon labs in Ukraine. Then we heard, well, there are, but they're not developing anything serious. Now it's, well, yeah, they were developing bioweapons, and Putin could, could use them if he captures the labs. Here's a source. Uh, I believe this is from... 
This is from March 9th. The Russian accusations are absurd. They are laughable. And you know, in the words of my Irish Catholic grandfather, a bunch of malarkey. There's nothing to it. It's a classic. It's classic Russian propaganda, said Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. We are not developing biological or chemical weapons inside Ukraine. It's not happening. Uh, the uh, at the uh, and that at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Republican Senator Marco Rubio asked the Undersecretary of St of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Nuland, if Ukraine has chemical biological weapons, and the answer was. Ukraine has biological research facilities, which in fact are now quite, we are now quite concerned Russian troops and Russian forces may be seeking to gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians and how they can prevent any those research materials from falling into Russians' hands. But they do not have biological weapons facilities. Well, now we're told that yes, they do. And we're also finding out, now, this is where we get into a weird situation of parallax, where... Because all of the Russian sources are being shut down across the Western world, I can't, and because I know there's this massive propaganda push to hide things like this from me. I mean, here's an article from just a couple weeks ago. No, the U.S. was not funding bioweapons labs in Ukraine. Well, okay. QAnon embraces Russia conspiracy theories on Ukraine labs. Well, it turns out they have the labs, and they do have bioweapons, well, and they are doing this research, and it's funded by the DoD. And so I think, well, okay, with American media is lying, what is the Russian media saying? The Russian media is saying they have uh, uncovered evidence that the United States was was working on that at these labs they were working on gain of function research with various viruses to turn them into bioweapons, exactly like what the CDC was funding in Wuhan, China. We know that they were doing that in Wuhan, China, and that is responsible for the for the COVID pandemic. And it turns out there is now at least a possibility that they were also doing the same thing in the Ukraine. Well, now, now let's. Uh, let's... I would, I honestly would rather. I'm going to just believe the Russian sources on this because it makes more logical sense. I, we know they did it in China. Is it so far to think that they'd also be doing it in the Ukraine? And the only people telling me that all of that's a bunch of malarkey are sources that have lied to me all about COVID and they've been lying to me about these bioweapon labs in Ukraine. So I'm more inclined to believe that the Russians, to believe the Russian sources that they've uncovered bioweapons labs that are doing gain of function research paid for by the USDOD. Well, let's um, let, let, let's uh, don't don't take our word for it. Um, here is a congressional testimony. Uh, oh, sorry. Senate testimony specifically. Um, with uh, everyone's favorite, um, this is Secretary, uh, what is it, Newland, and I'm, it's Victoria Newland, and I'm trying to remember what her exact position is, but I guess it doesn't matter. Um, let, let's go to some of her, some of the sound bites from her hearing, so you can hear it directly from the Biden administration. Um, let, let's start here. Ukraine has uh, biological research facilities which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Ukraine has so she initially starts off with, you know, Ukraine does have biological research facilities and we're trying to work with them to, you know, 
what what to do yeah. to make sure that Russia doesn't get a hold of that research. Now, I, I find that just let's just start with just how odd that is, because like I don't think Russia needs Ukraine's research. Like what what could the Ukrainians possibly have that the Russians wouldn't already have? But let's uh, let's let's get to Marco Rubio's part of this questioning as well. Here's Marco Rubio. If there's a biological or chemical weapon incident or uh, or attack inside of Ukraine, is there any doubt in your mind that 100 percent it would be the Russians that would be behind it? There is no doubt in my mind, Senator, and it is classic Russian uh, technique to blame on the other guy what they're planning to do themselves. So the reality um, of this, and by the way, it's, it's been torn around a lot because it was, there weren't any labs. Okay, there's labs, but they're Ukrainian. Like, oh, okay, there's labs, but they're Ukrainian, but they were being funded by the, you know, Department of Defense. Like, there's been a lot of lying, you know, for, for people who constantly talk about how awful misinformation, disinformation and propaganda is. Uh, there's been an awful lot of lying uh, from the U.S. government with regards to these uh, these these labs. And we all know why, uh, because let's just be honest. They know that we're going to make the connection of, oh, isn't this what happened in Wuhan? And they're going to go, well, fuck, like we can't talk about this because then the right wing will get a win. Because they'll talk about how this probably is what happened in China. Oh, jeez. Anyway, the only reason why we know about this is because the because of a psychopath like Marco Rubio. And the reason why I say a psychopath like Marco Rubio is I, I, I've been following Marco Rubio's uh, Twitter account. I mean... I mean, I've been following it for a while, but point is, is in, over over this whole Russia Ukraine business, I've been monitoring Marco Rubio's Twitter account, and the guy is a complete psychopath. Like, I am not joking when I say that this dude is unhinged. Marco Rubio wants the United States to go to war with Russia. He wants it right now. He wants us drone striking inside Moscow. He wants us assassinating Vladimir Putin. He wants us in World War III. And I want you to understand something. His specific question was, now, and this, by the way, this is a very weird question. Am I the only one who's suspicious that a United States senator who, by the way, is a member of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence just sat inside an open and filmed briefing of the United States Senate and said, if there were a chemical attack inside Ukraine, would you say 100% that it was the Russians that did it? And she went, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no offense, but nothing says the United States is going to false flag a chemical, uh, false flag a chemical attack so they can go to war with Russia more than that question. That specific line of questioning, knowing that Marco Rubio has completely snapped and decided that his bid for the presidency in 2024 is going to be the guy who wants to get us into World War Three. Nothing tells me that the United States would 100 percent 
let off a dirty bomb, kill innocent Ukrainian civilians as a predicate to start World War III more than Marco Rubio asking this question. It's a weird question that makes no sense. It's so specific that it is absolutely suspicious. Am I am I off base with that, Alan? No, I don't think you're off base with it at all. Like, why couldn't you just say, is it possible that Russia could conduct a chemical attack with what they with what they get or with what they get from these labs or something of that nature. But by the way, this is, it's not just Marco Rubio. The state department literally told us that Russia was going to stage a false flag operation with crisis actors to, as, as, as their reason for attacking Ukraine. That never happened. Russia just rolled on in. Yeah, that was it. There was no, there was no false flag with crisis actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, why, why does the government keep sounding more and more like a 4chan message board? It's a good question. I think because they are, they're operating outside the realm of reality. And a lot of this is fake. A lot of what they're doing is fake. Well, just look at how they've treated everything about rising gas prices. It's deflection. It's trying to ignore things. They are. Everything points to the fact that the U.S. government is operating with an agenda they don't want us to know about, that they know we would be upset about if they if we realized it. And they're doing everything to hide their actual objectives and end goals from us. And this is simply more misdirection to keep everyone confused. Yeah, they like with like they want like the whole push for all the climate change stuff is nothing but about trying to grab control and ens- enslave the population. The whole thing about January 6th is nothing but a way to eliminate dissent and become a single uniparty that controls everything and has ultimate power. The, the same with all this Ukraine nonsense. It's all part of this big misdirection campaign to hide the actual objectives and goals of the people that have taken control of the U.S. government. Yeah, it is. Um, it's just it is so. Like I know I'm preaching to the choir a lot here, but it, it it is it is just so uniquely strange to the unabashed sense that somebody could go up and say like. We think that another nation is going to stage a false flag with crisis actors and then it doesn't happen. And then they turn and say, we think that they're going to stage a chemical attack and blame it on the United States. It is so it's the whole. um, So obviously, like we like conspiracy theories, but there's a lot of like conspiracy theory channels that like we don't listen to, nor do we like respect as being fun. And let me explain why is. You can you can make a YouTube channel that's all about conspiracy theories because what you do is you basically throw spaghetti at the wall and occasionally one of them is going to be right and then all you talk about is how right that one was and and use it to elate yourself as like we were you know we were talking about this months before it happened. There's people who absolutely do that. There's groups that do it and what have you. I'm watching the United States government do exactly that. Yeah. I'm watching the United States government constantly basically inundate us with if something happens that makes the U.S. look bad or makes Ukraine look bad, 
it's a false flag by Russia. And that right. makes me extremely anything, suspicious. Anything, anything that makes the invasion of the Ukraine less, anything less than Putin's attempt at world domination is Russian disinformation. Yeah, like, I mean... Anything that legit, anything that it, it explains the Russian invasion of Ukraine in a way other than Putin is literally Hitler trying to ethnically genocide all the Ukrainians um, worse is than considered Hitler. Russian disinformation. What's that? Worse than Hitler, sir. Worse than, yes, worse than Hitler. Putin is worse than Hitler. <laughs> I think we would all be very well served by never listening to anything the mainstream media or the U.S. government says ever again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean. This is a hell of a reason to shoot your credibility. I, that, right? Like, yeah. Like, this is a hell of a re- Like, the, the mainstream media and the U.S. government are shooting their credibility over Hunter Biden's piggy bank. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, and don't forget, Ukraine was the, the Ukrainian sources were the large single. Okay, what was what is it? Ukraine was the single largest source of donations to the Clinton Foundation. Which started Ukrainian back up recently. oligarchs. <laughs> yeah. Ukrainian oligarchs were the most highly represented group in Clinton Foundation donors. And that should make everybody pretty darn suspicious of the people that were being told of the people that are running Ukraine. Yeah, so so are they um you know is the uh is the international community uh, actually horrified at the idea of Russia being in Ukraine because of state sovereignty and freedom and democracy? Or is it more yeah. that they're just like, oh, shit, uh, they're not going to be able to give us all that corrupt money anymore? I think that's I think that's a much bigger reason than any of... Okay, so any of these people's well, concerns about truth and freedom, I think you can just ignore and go to, yeah, no, they just want, they want their corrupt piggy bank to go back to the way it was well yeah because they're it, upset that people are going to figure out all the illegal and uh, the probably illegal and very unethical research that was being done at these bioweapons labs it's like the only reason that they're so concerned about that the only reason these, this is being done outside the united states is probably because the work being done there was either illegal or so politically untenable that they had to do it somewhere where they could hide it via political corruption yeah, they were probably trying What to... was happening at these labs? What were they researching? And why was it being done in Moss in the Ukraine of all places? That's really, really suspicious and sketchy. Whatever it was, it probably is nothing good, especially when it comes from people that I know are up to no good and do no good on a regular basis. Well, we certainly know that the claims um, that they're actually concerned about freedom and democracy and all this other nonsense... Um, we know that that's not true because yeah. um, none of them spoke up when uh, Justin Trudeau was uh, basically nope. uh, doing exactly what they accused Vladimir Putin of doing to his own citizens for the temerity of protesting vaccine mandates or the fact yeah, that and beyond that mm -hmm. they would do the, they want to do the exact same things to their citizens. Yeah, they're they just they have, they have no problem with what Trudeau did because they want to do that to their own people. Yeah, and they're going to use a uh, 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 Putin twenty Putin twenty twenty two virus uh, probably to do it. Yeah, potentially. 
Like, I didn't think about that until it was just like, oh, God, like, is that going to be the new thing? Like, right right up near the midterms, it's going to be that Russia, oh, gosh, they released a biological weapon, and it's a, it's a new, very virulent flu virus. We've got to lock down and mask and mail-in ballots, everybody. We're totally well, not I mean, going to steal the a, election. I have a conspiracy for you. Mm-hmm. What if they, what if someone from the West actually does release a bioweapon in Ukraine and blames it on the Russians. Well, so How that, many people would believe that the yeah. Russians actually released it? That that was a thing that I was going to bring up is is basically we're setting the stage where the Ukraine, let's say someone from the West or the Ukrainian army, uh, basically either someone from NATO, the West, or Ukraine could go into Donetsk right now and basically detonate a tactical nuke. And they would get away with Probably, it. Probably, yeah. No, they would oh, like for they, yeah, sure. They would get away with it. They could they like, could wipe out all of Donetsk with a tactical nuke and say and when the Russians are like, "Oh my god, like we have like video evidence of of uh, American special forces wheeling a nuke yeah. into the middle of the city and detonating it, wiping out all the citizens of Donetsk or no, let's say Crimea. We'll we'll say Crimea cuz it makes more sense yeah. to people. But it's like, we like wheeling it into the middle of the Crimea and detonating this nuke to wipe out all of the citizens in Crimea and kill all of the Russian units there and Everybody in the West would go, that's exactly what Russia wants you to think. Exactly. And, exactly. Like, and, and, that's, and that's the problem. And we can't fact check anything. All the Russian sources, we, we, can't, we can't make any kind of real determination on any of this now because we have no ability to just correctly analyze anything. I, I'm, I'm told I need to be wary of Russian sources. But the Western sources have done nothing but lie to me for the past six years. They lied to me about Trump. They lied to me about Black Lives Matter. They lied to me about COVID. I can't trust them. So I'm left with I either I, I have to trust the Russians, but that seems that seems dodgy. But hell, for all I know, they're the only ones telling the truth anymore. Well, and, and that's like it, this is this is sort of the, the Steven Crowder, like change my mind. I think that yeah. this is a good example. Like, yeah, if if. If if the U.S. or Ukraine detonated a small nuclear device in Crimea, wiping everyone out, and the West said that Russia did it as a false flag, yeah how how could you how could you disprove that? How could you get anyone to believe you? Everyone knows, everyone yeah. in the audience that just heard this scenario knows exactly how this would go down. We would sit there and say, I don't know, like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would Russia do it? And everyone would go, "Who? it's because he's Putler. Putler would do anything to kill more Ukrainians. And we, right. we could sit and th- there. And, and so then, mm-hmm. and then when the United States needs needs to, say, invade Russia and push for World War Three. Democrat and Republican representatives would be unified in pushing us into that scenario. Yeah. Like, and then the, and then the media would propagandize a bunch of us citizens into thinking it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a terrifying situation we're in. Like I, there was a Republican Republican representative that was highlighted on Tucker Carlson a few days ago where someone was asking her, do you support a no fly zone in the Ukraine? She's like, absolutely. I want to support anything for those poor Ukrainians. And this is a Congresswoman. It's like, um, 
So you know what that would mean, though, right? Like we would be shooting down Russian jets and possibly stoking World War Three. And this Republican congresswoman says, well, that that's basically that doesn't matter. It's a small price to pay for the Ukrainian people. And he just goes like, these are the people that are in charge. This is this is terrifying because it, at least during the Cold War, the people that were in charge had a pragmatic view on these things, and they weren't going to risk World War III, which could be, which culminates in a nuclear exchange. Mm-hmm. There's no way that a act conventional war between the United States and Russia doesn't eventually culminate into a nuclear exchange, or at the very least, the risk of that is so high that it is best to be avoided. I would happily sacrifice every single Ukrainian citizen to avoid a nu- a full-scale nuclear exchange between the United States and Russia. I would sacrifice every Ukrainian for that because it's what? A couple, a few million lives rather, opposed to a few billion? And yet the people that are elected in power seem to be treating this as though there is zero consequence for all of their actions against Russia. All of the sanctions, all of the encouraging businesses to cut off relationships, kicking Russia out of all the banking, all these banking programs. These things are going to have a very, very negative impact on the United States. And I do not get the feel like any of it is being moderated with a pragmatic view of is any of this actually worth it? What is actually worth it? These same Republicans, congressmen, like if you said, okay, well, should we, the United States release? I mean, what happens if they have a classified briefing and someone says, okay, well, we could have Delta Force in Moscow next week and release weaponized smallpox that could kill millions of Russians. I do not feel like many congressmen would object. Oh, no, That's no, a very no. terrifying state of affairs because we're playing, we have children that are playing with very dangerous toys and have absolutely no responsibility with how they use them. No, they're they're being they're they're being um, guided by hashtags. Like these people, yeah, these people are seriously good. like. We have always been told. We have always been told that our politicians mm-hmm. are smarter than us. This is the lie. This is the great lie um, that we've been fed in the United States, and that is that our politicians are the most qualified um, and are all are are all far more intelligent than the rest of us. But these people are emotional toddlers. They right. have the ability of having actual, real, true information given to them. They could have some of the best information sources uh, delivered to them every single day, and they should. But that's not what's happening. Like, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to break this to you. They are briefed by drunk interns from Georgetown. Um, yeah. On what the fucking New York Times said yesterday. Yeah. That, that's, that's basically how the majority of your elected officials get their information is some 22-year-old moron um, who's barely getting his pants on, uh, say, like, reading the New York Times on his phone while running into the senator's office to brief them. That's pretty much how most of them get their information. Otherwise, they probably pay millions of dollars to some Democrat uh, or some Republican kid uh, kids tech firm that basically trolls Twitter for trending hashtags and says, Senator, the American people believe hashtag Kanye for president or what the hell yeah. ever. Um, and so these people are idiots. They would absolutely start World War Three because 
uh, they saw a bunch of hashtags on Facebook and Twitter because right. they are that stupid. Right. They're operating from a realm where, re where pragmatism and reality does not matter, where it's like the, the realities of what all of these sanctions are going to economically mean for the United States long term are not even considered because they believe they're insulated from all negative ramifications of anything they do. And that's a very bad situation because that is never true. There are, everything in life is trade-offs. Everything has long-term repercussions. But the United States government operates as if there are no long-term repercussions for anything that it does. It's operating on a very short time horizon. And that, that does not make for a successful country. There's no way that ends in anything but ruin. So, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. And the problem is, is because the the kind of predicate of, of, of a lot of this discussion is the idea of, you know, it's hard for us to really understand the information spectrum right now because it's either what the regime says or it's called Russian propaganda. And so we can't yeah. confidently say uh, that what we're being told is true because you're not allowed. You're, you're not allowed to question the regime propaganda. And let me just so people understand, this is the kind of stuff the regime is saying. This is Joe Biden, the president of the United States, talking about inflation. This is, this is how he talks to the American citizens about inflation. And I just want to ask a very simple question of, is this, is this who we're supposed to trust with our information about a massive global event that could lead to something like World War III? So I'm sick of this stuff. We have to. Oh, no. I guess the audio decided that it didn't want to play. Give me one second and let me see if I can unexplode it. Well, for the life of me, I just don't know what happened. Well, so this was going to be fun, but, <laughs> but I seem to have lost my mouse. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't lose that. You need that. I mean, it didn't like run away. It just, uh, it just decided that it wasn't going to show up anymore. And, uh, you know, that's fine. It's fine. Just fine. You know, what's wrong with it? Huh? Uh, like I said, it's, it's tech problem and forgotten. Here we go. Okay. So, so yeah. this, this, sorry, this is Joe Biden. Um, this is his reaction. This is how he wants to talk to the American people. So I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. So Simply not true. The American people think the reason for inflation inflation is the government spending more money. And that's simply not true. Uh, okay. Uh, uh additionally, additionally, here's, uh, at, at the same event, here's Joe Biden addressing your concerns about how much you're paying for gas prices. Gas prices are so high. Washington okay. Post op-ed by, uh, by um, Dana Milbank. Opinion. Biden heated Republicans' plea to ban Russian oil. They pounced. And it goes on to talk about why it's gone. Don't let anybody tell you anything you did supporting 
the idea that we block Russian oil coming into the country, which is going and I said at the time, prices are going to go up for gasoline. It wasn't anything we did. And by the way, you're in a situation right now where if you take a look, the idea, can we uh, uh, pump more oil? There are now, uh, uh, now five, there are 172 gas and oil rigs running. Now we have, there are 519 in operation before this all began. But guess what? They have over 7,000 permits to dig oil if they want. Why aren't they out pumping oil? Why aren't they out pumping oil? Because they've said, and they're very clear, Wall Street bankers have made it very clear. Not a joke. Check it out. I recommend these two articles to you, just as a little bit of a primer. You probably already know it. What's happened? Well, the oil companies and the executive. Welcome back. That was weird. Let's continue with the audio, though. They don't want to pump more oil, although they have every capacity to do so. Nothing. So so if you're Joe Biden. Last week, gas prices were going up because uh, Russia. Now it's because greedy oil executives. I'm very confused. I'm honestly confused because before it, it was because of Russia and now it's it's greedy oil executives. And so somebody's going to have to explain to me what the difference is here. Like someone's seriously going to have to explain how these are different. What changed? I mean, honestly, we, we know what changed was that. Blaming Russia wasn't going to work because so many people were able to show statistically how that or not statistically, but by the numbers. I mean, gas has been going up ever since Joe Biden took office. Um, It's a direct result of Joe Biden's policies and they know it and they're signaling that they know that. I mean, if you want if you want ever to prove your case, look at how they're reacting. That is the surest sign and sense um, that they know that they are losing. Um. And so, you know, that, that, that bears, that bears repeating is, is the fact of the way that they are reacting is the surest proof, uh, that they know that, that these, uh, sorry, that gas prices are a result of Joe Biden's policies because of how they're reacting. And it's just, is this who you're supposed to trust? For information because you're not allowed. You're no longer allowed to get different information. You're no longer allowed to look at any other sources. Only regime approved sources. Anything that has to do with Russia and Ukraine is only going to like it has to come from a regime approved source. You can't look at, you know, Russian outlets. They're all called propaganda. They're all being blocked. And how much further is this going to go? They've already accused some right-wing outlets of being Russian propaganda. They're going to continue, especially going into the midterms, especially uh, with the uh, Democrat Party obviously looking like they're about to lose their ass. Um, You're going to start seeing a lockdown. They're going to start using 
Putin and Russia and what's going on in Russia as an excuse to start locking down their political dissent. They're going to use it to silence anybody that's coming, uh, anybody that's running against a, a current Democrat. They're going to use it to silence political opposition. They're going to use it to silence anybody who's uh, revealing uh, Democrat uh, corruption. Um, and th- th- they'll probably also use Russia as an excuse for why, if they ended up losing the election, or God help us all, if they don't use this idea of a Russian biological weapon to lock us all down again just in time for the November election so they can do all the mail-in ballots and basically helicopter drop pallets of ballots. It's kind of a fun rhyme there. But helicopter drop pallets of ballots uh, that all have Democrat names on them. Can, can you say that that wouldn't happen? Can you say that you would trust like, can, can you honestly say that you would trust the United States government if they came out and said that Russia released a deadly virus and we all have to lock down again, just like we did in COVID? Can you say that you would trust that that would be 100% accurate? And the reason why I, I'm saying this and the reason why I'm asking this is because you will, if that occurred, you will be asked or you will be basically forced to have to believe that. You will be forced to have to repeat that. And it's not just, you know, some crazy conspiracy theory about, you know, an unleashed virus from Russia that they're going to use to lock stuff down. It's going to be any of the stuff that you see coming out of Russia and Ukraine. It's going to be any of the excuses because there's a reason why uh, this is becoming so popular. So let me, uh, let me pull Alan back in. Welcome back, Alan. You know, for a second there, I actually thought you dove off because it was a long clip and you just thought that the, uh, I like, you can't actually hear the audio. So I thought maybe you thought you disconnected and I was like, no, it's fine. Uh, but then everything kind of exploded. So, Hmm. So I was uh, I, I was kind of going on. I played the two Joe Biden clips that we had where he was talking about how because remember last week oil was expensive because of Russia and now oil's expensive because those those greedy oil executives won't drill enough. So um be ignored. Oh, Sorry, everybody. I had uh, Alan accidentally on mute to cut when he called back in. But sorry, say that again, Alan. I'm saying it's nonsense. Everything about these people is a lie and should just be ignored. It's like the, the, we're not in, we gas was like, what, two dollars a gallon in 2020 because Trump was pursuing a policy that got, gave us energy independence. Joe Biden changed that policy. And now gas is four to eight dollars a gallon. You, it's you, just ridiculous. You know what's amazing about that? What's that? And like, you know, nobody take this the wrong way. This isn't by any measure um, a dig. Uh, like Trump's policies did get us um, a, a lot more domestic energy production. What's amazing by that was the the low prices that people saw are nothing compared to what could happen because we still weren't even technically anywhere near 
true energy independence. Now, there's a lot of weird factors because I've tried to kind of like reach into this a little bit. And I mean, it gets it gets wild. And, and we may we may have to talk to some some people that we know that work in oil uh, because I don't fully understand all the different types of oil. In fact, to be fair, I didn't really know that there were different types of oil. I thought that there was oil and then you made different stuff out of it. But apparently there's different types of oil that yep. is good for different things. So we're never going to be like fully independent, meaning like we can't just mine all of our own stuff to make everything we would want made. Right. So and that's if, a if thing. For example, mm-hmm. things like titanium and aluminum are things that we massively import from Russia. Suddenly those are now gone. If you if you if you want things made out of titanium, uh, good luck because it all comes from Russia. To build the SR-71 spy planes, the United States had to smuggle titanium out of the Soviet Union to build them because we didn't have enough domestic supply. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, and now with these sanctions and with how probably vengeful the Russians are going to be afterwards, say goodbye to anything made out of titanium. Well, you know, speaking of that, um, because going just beyond energy prices and things like that, um. What's really happening here is, is so personally, I'm horrified that everybody's cheering on the idea that companies are basically exacerbating domestic relations or not domestic. I'm sorry. There are companies of, of their own free will are exacerbating foreign relations. Um, that's a horrifying precedent to be set. Um, and what what I mean by that is like a lot of what's going on in Russia isn't even part of the federal sanctions. Like, uh, for example, there are full on Internet companies. Uh, that was one of the for for all of the screeching that the liberals are doing over. Oh, God, Russia, Russia's blocking Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Oh, geez. Um for all the screeching that that uh, the Western media is doing about that, there are full on telecom companies that basically just blocked the uh, Internet in Russia, not by the Russian government. Western companies are saying, yeah, we're just not going to service them anymore. Yeah. Now, it's bad for Russia to block, you know, Twitter and and Facebook and Instagram. But it's good for Western companies to block access to the Internet for Russia. I'm not sure how that works out, but apparently, according to them, it's great. Ukraine was actually trying to get all Russian domains suspended. Ah, because there's a there's a names registry. It's called ICANN. Um, and it's the way that IP addresses are related to a name. So when you type in like Google.com, what actually happens is that that name gets transferred to an IP uh, that's hosting that website. Well, that's all based on a registry. And Ukraine was like, hey, I can. You should ban all Russian IPs. Basically make it to where Russia doesn't exist on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Like They were asking for that. Now, ICANN was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. But that was only because we were lucky. Because by what we're seeing right now, it wouldn't have been an unpopular decision by these psychopaths 
for them to just basically be like, yeah, you know, it's a great idea. And then just any Russian website no longer exists. They would, they would black out Russia. Now, yeah. the reason why I'm bringing that up is the Russian government is seeing that they're watching Netflix and Disney and, and uh, visa MasterCard, all of these banks, the swift banking network, um, telecommunication Disney. companies, all of these groups, the Russian government is watching them uh, basically say, uh, do what we want or we're going to pull services out of your country. So I'm just, all, all I'm saying is don't be surprised or upset if the Russian Federation turns around and goes, we're going to be totally sovereign. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself the question, what, because, because here's, here's the problem I have. There's a lot of Western hubris. So what happens if Russia yes. is successful? Exactly. I think that, okay, this is actually something I've thought of the last few days. Globalism is dead. Russia is going to be cut off, but Russia is a big country full of resources. It has some sway. It has a lot of well-educated people. Russia is going to become a self-sufficient country, and they're going to be forced to essentially become a very nationalistic, very self-sufficient country because they are being forcibly shut off from all the globalist world markets. And that's going to be great for Russia. We're going to witness a Russian renaissance because all of these globalist things, they make the things like they make the price of widgets and lollipops cheap at the cost of development of your own country. It's like, why did all the manufacturing leave the United States? Well, because of globalism. Was that good or bad for us in the long term? I think it's a very big negative. Russia now is in the position where they just got cut off from that network. And sure, it'll be painful in the short term, but they have enough people, natural resources, and technical know-how to overcome these hurdles. And it's going to be great for them. We're going to see a Russian renaissance come out of this, and it's all going to be of our own making. And furthermore, it's like all of these other things, Netflix, Disney, TikTok, all the banking stuff. It's like Cutting Russia off from all of that is going to be nothing but a social good for Russia. Like, heck, they cut off access to Pornhub. It's like the Russian people in five years after these sanctions are going to be some of the most well-adjusted and least mentally ill people on the planet. I want these sort of sanctions for my country because it, the all of this, all of these companies, all of this globalist nonsense. These are the same people that supported Black Lives Matter. These are the same people that supported all this COVID nonsense. They're the, they are the sickness that is plaguing the rest of the Western world. I, I want like the banks need to go away. The corporations should go away. All of these like social media networks that are and media companies that are nothing but arms of the of the CIA and State Department propaganda that push the narratives of the UN and the World Economic Forum. Like all of that's true, and they're all now being forced out of Russia. Shoot. The biggest weapon of American propaganda is now they just shut off inside Russia. Why would you do that? That's that's great for Russia. Good for them. It's like I have not. I I want that for me. I want to live in a world where nobody I know has ever seen watches Netflix or Disney or has a Facebook account. What what a paradise that would be to live in. And. And the Russians just got that. Heck, I'm jealous of them. 
and they got cut off from all of these financial markets, and they got cut off from all this trade. That is going to have a negative impact in the short term, but Russia, people will adapt. Nobody responds to this sort of thing with capitulation. They only respond with resolve and anger. And that's that's not what you want your enemy to do. It's like there's a in if you read The Art of War by Sun Tzu, it's like if you surround an enemy, always leave him an avenue of retreat or else he will fight you to the bitter end, creating more casualties than necessary. You don't want that. You want to force an enemy into negotiation so that you can stop fighting because fighting is nothing but essentially um, a waste. It's a waste of resources that is regrettable. And if you don't have to fight, that is better. And we're putting the Russians in a position where they have no choice but to fight. We're backing them into a corner, but we're not following through with enough resolve to crush them or do anything. So we're just isolating them and saying, guess you guys have to figure it out on your own. And then they will. Look, think of the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union worked. It lasted for 70 years. Now, you maybe had all sorts of inefficiencies, but it was a, basically a self-sufficient country. And now we're putting them in that same position again, but with modern technology, and they're not under the like awful Soviet like economic policy. Does anyone look at this and think that Russia is going to be crushed by these sanctions or sanctions or will rise to the challenge? Russia was the first country to put something in space. Russia was invaded by the Nazis, nearly pushed to the brink, and then came back and be, and helped win World War II. Right. This is nothing compared to either of those, and yet we think this is what's going to like break the spirit of the Russian people. If anybody in the regime thinks that, they have another thing coming. This is not how Russians react to external stimuli, and they should know better, and we're going to see it all happen. No, and that's exactly it, is I think that it is entirely possible that the West is going to be victims of hubris. That so, so basically it's this. You take a look at the landscape of what's going on in Ukraine and you have to ask yourself one very simple question. Is this worth it? Because you only get to do this once. Because Russia exactly. is now putting itself in the position where your choice is going to be go to war with Russia or let it do what it wants. Because guess what? They're now in a position where sanctions aren't going to mean anything. Yeah. Ah. Uh, or as Colleen says, it is like Russian bear in winter. Yeah, it's very absolutely. <laughs> well, and what's China going to do? Is China going to sit there and go, wow, one of our biggest trading partners that we share a land border with just got cut off from the West and now has a desperate need for a ton of manufactured goods? Well, right. we could make a gazillion dollars selling it to them in exchange for all of this titanium and raw materials. It's like... The Russians will happily cut a deal with China, and that's not going to be good for us. Why are we doing this? We're doing this so that Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton can keep running their corrupt scams inside Ukraine. That's the only reason. All of these globalist leaders, all these leaders in Europe, all the, these bunch of these leaders in the United States, we're all running corrupt scams inside Ukraine with the ascent of the corrupt Ukrainian government. And that's why they are pushing so hard to fight for Ukraine, when in the long run, it only is going to serve to diminish and destabilize their own countries. But these people clearly have shown they don't care about their own countries and only care about their own grift. Exactly. 
No, and that's exactly it. Um, so, yeah. And I honestly, I know it's a little bit early, but I think that that's as good a, a place as any to kind of just wrap it up. Um, and, and that's exactly it is. The West gets to do this once because Russia is now basically... Russia has decided, uh, or not decided, but the way that everything is shaping out is it looks a lot like Russia is now going to war with globalism in general. And mm. uh, I think the West believes that globalism is a lot stronger than it really is. And part of that might be their own idiocy in thinking that China is somehow participatory in that globalist agenda. And they're not, nor have they ever been. Because a lot of what you're seeing Russia do right now in reaction to sanctions, China's actually already done. Like... Part of the reason why we don't take a lot of action against China is, well, they own most of our politicians. But the other reason why we don't take a lot of action against China is we can't. And now yeah. Russia's putting themselves in the exact same position. Yep. And so I guess the final thought that I'm going to have on this while the outro music's playing in is, was it worth it? But that's going to have to be it for us. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Um, you know, and check us out. Always, as always, go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio and help sponsor the program for just $2.99 a month. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs>